What's up, everybody? Welcome to Game On, presented by No Tokens Required. I'm Chris. I'm Caleb. And today we are talking about Halo 3 ODST, developed by Bungie, published by Microsoft Game Studios. Overdone, stupid team. (laughs) (laughs) And I was actually really excited for this game when I heard that they were launching it, because this is pretty much a right-hand turn from everything we've done in Halo so far, because this one technically was released after Halo 3, but it takes place um, during the events of Halo 2. That's confusing. I know. But the reason it was such a huge departure is because you don't play Master Chief. You actually play as one of the OD- one of these ODSTs, or Orbital Drop Shock Troopers, and they have different equipment because they're not the superhuman spartans they're just normal advanced special ops soldiers yeah yeah kind of like your black ops team basically yeah so this game introduced silenced weapons yeah you can't run as fast and you can't jump as high and you can't take as much damage but (laughs) but you do have this like visor that you can turn on um that kind of gives you like a heads up display a tactical heads up display enemies are outlined in red yes Yes, a tactical HUD. Happy? A T-HUD. You're very, very pedantic right now. <laughs> You're pedantic. <laughs> um, and pedantic. And also, and this is going to be my fanboy coming out. I was also really excited for this because you could catch glimpses of Nathan Fillion, renowned Canadian actor. Is it Fillion or is it Fillion? It's Fillion. I think it's Fillion. Nathan, I don't know. He, well, I don't know. I always say Nathan Fillion. I always say Nathan Fillion. <laughs> um, he reprises his role of Buck. Buck has shown up in kind of the background with Nathan Fillion, Fillion doing the voice. You um, call me pedantic. I'm going to be pedantic the whole <laughs> damn thing, buddy. Um, no. But this also brought in the voice work of Adam Baldwin and Alan Tudyk. Now, Nolan North. Well, and Nolan North. But more importantly, those first three people all... Uh, excuse me. Most important... Nolan North is fucking Iron Man, dude. Yes, but I like Firefly and Serenity a lot more than I like Iron Man. So I'm more excited... Ah, they're about equal. I was more excited that the fact Granted, that... Granted, 2009. Yeah. The, the Iron Man that he plays, has he had not played it yet. <laughs> so I probably would have been the same way. <laughs> In all fairness, it it would have been because Firefly was fucking amazing. Oh yeah, anyone who's a brown coat loves Firefly, and the fact that three these three guys are in this game, I mean, it was um, it was a no brainer for me. I was like, yep, I'm gonna buy this game. I'm gonna play the hell out of it because it's got three guys I like doing voice work, and it's got a really cool story, and it's something different. And that is actually like part of part of what people didn't like about this game was that you weren't the super soldier you know spartans master chief that you're used to playing yeah Yeah. so i was stoked for it yeah i I guess it could kind of come as a a weird thing but at at the same time like not knowing much about the game myself right Mm -hmm. you you know in the first one that he's like the last spartan right so why would you play another game in which you're playing a spartan like it's not it's not a halo game in the sense of master chief correct and they made that kind of obvious from the get-go 
like the cover doesn't even have Master Chief. Now it has a Master Chief looking esque character, but again, it's it's their combat armor, and Master Chief is wearing combat armor. So again, we don't tend to make like a wide variety of hugely different looking armor for people, you know, mm-hmm. just in general. It's not cost effective for the government and military powers to be like, you know what? You know what? Because you're special, we're going to make your armor way different than the rest of the combat armor. It is a little bit, but not much. Like the helmet and everything looks pretty close to the same. A little different shape. Maybe the visor is not as deep mm-hmm. on it, right? But like the rest of it, except for the fact that you can see fingers. He has he has actual hands. <laughs> They're not robotic hands. No. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I... I think that's a little ridiculous in my personal opinion, but whatever. <laughs> I'm crazy. Okay. Sorry. No, yeah, fine. So, hey guys, just want to give you a heads up from here on out. There's a ton of spoilers. Listen at your discretion. Um, So the game begins, right? With Dutch voiced by Adam Baldwin, Romeo voiced by Nolan North, Nolan North, <laughs> Mickey uh, voiced by Alan Tudyk, um buck voiced by nathan fillion and dare voiced by uh trisha trisha helfer and she was in um what do we say she was in like chuck and burn notice and lucifer was lucifer, the last thing that i saw her in, battlestar but... galactica i'm sure somebody yeah. was screaming <laughs> into yeah. the void battlestar galactica yeah um, no she's been in a lot of stuff I, all of these so nolan north he actually has some TV credited appearances as well, but the most of them are are mainly like TV actors, not voice actors like Nolan North is. Mm-hmm. Nolan North is, I would say, mainly a voice actor. Damn good one at that, though. Mm-hmm. Man, I love him. Um, and yeah, no. So I again, I this is actually a game that I never played. Like we. Basically, until we sat down and you went, let's do the Halo series. And I went, you know what? That's a great idea. Halo's such a great game. And then you're like, we'll do ODST. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Because <laughs> never even heard of it. Didn't even know it existed. Like, it's it was that kind of far off my radar. But the part that caught me curious, and it's, we're going we're gonna to do a little side thing here, and we might get a little bit ahead of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Buck, Nathan Fillion's. For you, buddy. Thank you. For you. Uh, character mm-hmm. is actually in the fifth Halo game. Correct. As a Spartan. Correct-ish. <laughs> this is where I'm confused. Mm. How is he a Spartan? Okay. So. <clears throat> the, the, the Halo universe, the way that it works. Yeah. Is um, the Spartans are all children who were abducted in the middle of the night and were replaced by fast grown clones. Now this was, they were abducted by, they were abducted keys by original keys, old man. Yeah. Keys. Captain keys before he was captain and a doctor named Dr. Halsey. Okay. And the two of them, um, you know, they, they, they scout out these children, find potential candidates for the Spartan program, kidnap them in the middle of the night, replace them with fast grown clones. Okay. The kids are then subjected to a plethora of, um, you know, 
combat techniques, survival techniques. They undergo like steroids um, and other sort of chemical compounds. It, it, it causes genetic modification. Yeah. Their bones get more denser. Their muscles get, uh, get more powerful. Um, they're able to think quicker, the quicker reflexes, cerebral cortexes is all messed up because they needed somebody like that for the suit because the suit that the, that master chief wears and all yeah. the other Spartans at the beginning of the, the series, they like a normal person in that suit. There's, there's a book and that talks about it where a, a normal human gets into the suit Okay, and they just say, raise your arm, you know, perpendicular to, or parallel to the floor. Okay. And the guy does it, but it, his arm goes way up, hits himself in the helmet. It breaks his arm. He then cringes and in doing so contorts his body and breaks his other arm. And then basically he just ends up on the ground flopping around and his own pain induced spasms are breaking his bones, breaking his bones. bones. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why they're like, we need people who are actually genetically modified to be able to handle the suit. Now they just dumped down the suit (laughs) because it was because the suit was what they needed to go against the covenant. They needed the suit. Uh, okay. to, they, they were like, we need the suit to be like this. We need people who can be in this suit. Yeah. So now you fast forward. <clears throat> They've stolen all these children. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So all the children, right. They do stuff like, you know, they give each student a piece of a map and kick them out into a wilderness and then tell them that they have to find a way back to the base. And so, and then when I say children, I'm talking, you know, they're like 12. Yeah. You know, um, and so they, you know, they, yeah, they go through all these different things. They're running obstacle courses. And so that's kind of how the Spartan program started, right? Okay. Now you fast forward. Buck, who is just a normal soldier, works his way up to being a part of this ODS te- ODSC team. Okay. And in the fifth game, if I remember it correctly, basically all of that. <sighs> advancements and everything technical components that you need to run the suit that was that was too dangerous for normal person yeah they've ironed out all those kinks so now a normal person can get into a suit and be almost as powerful or as good at their job as a spartan because they've like technologically developed it to be that way yeah so basically the only thing they would be lacking is the smarts well and like you know physical strength the master chief you know his name is john um the master chief like he's also naturally strong outside of the suit he is still a fucking powerhouse yeah buck would just be a normal guy yeah you know so like that's really the. so why is john so special so like because they they do kind of paint him off as being like he's a spartan which is already special but he's like special special yep there's i don't remember what game it's in but there's a there's a specific line that cortana says where she's like why was john so different because the one thing in him that wasn't in anybody else was that he had an abundance of good luck like that's just it it's just that john was always able to figure out what he needed to do and was always able to pull it off. Not, you know, not necessarily flawlessly. Yeah. You know, but just lucky enough. Yeah. Like, like they, okay. t- they talk about, you know, there's a, there's a moment where they have to infiltrate a covenant ship and 
John is like able to figure out this is how we can do this. And they get on the ship and they do everything they need to do. And then they go to leave. But one of his teammates is hurt and has to stay behind. Yeah. So like that kind of stuff, you know, um, like I said, they're the ones who say that John's special talent is luck. Take that for, for what, what it, it is. is. But I, I just he like so he, there's a there's an animated movie out there. And this is where these questions are coming from, because, of course, I'm, I'm catching like glimpses of this animated movie for whatever reason that's popping up on the Internet right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just that's the side of the Internet that I happen to be in right now <laughs> because of what we're doing or whatever. But, you know, how odd that is. Right. Yeah. Fucking phone listening to me. Um, <laughs> but you see Halsey. Right. And she's talking about the Spartans and she like gets really upset when she finds out John's still alive. Right. Because as, as we know, well, fuck cat out of the bag there. Mm. But if you didn't know, there's two more fucking games. <laughs> so I'm about, to, I'm about to be another one. Yeah. Um, she finds out that John's still alive because at the end of the third game, and this is where I'm guessing the timeline falls at the end of the third game, they think John's dead. They yes. think master chief is dead. Um, and she gets really pissed off when she finds out that they knew he was still alive and nobody told her because he seems to hold like a special place in her heart. And I was like, why, though? <clears throat> like, th- that's what I don't understand. But she grabbed all of these children. Right. But he holds a special place. He does. So so in in the book, The Fall of Reach, mm-hmm. um, which is specifically about all of this stuff, um, she goes to see John and kind of like immediately takes a liking to him and it's never weird. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. I mean, he's, you know, I mean, he's like eight years old or whatever it is when she meets him. Um, and oh yeah. She's like an old lady. She's well, yeah. Like, yeah. And, and it, during the timeline, you know, she's like in her mid thirties or whatever it is when all of this starts. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, she, she just takes a liking to him. There's like something about him because she calls everybody else by their Spartan name, you know, and Spartans all have, you know, it's Spartan and then a number. And, but she's the only one who calls John, John, like she never calls him by a Spartan, by Spartan 117. She's just always like, Hey, John, or go to sleep, John, or, you know, it'll be fine. Which also is why Cortana has such a liking to Master Chief because you find out that Cortana sounds like and looks like a younger version of Halsey because to create the AI, Halsey actually, it like used... Had to input her own thoughts and everything. Yeah, like used part of her own beingness to create it. And so, you know, just further deepening that that connection. yeah. Because it's already naturally there. Yeah. So that does make sense. And that does make sense why their connection in the games is kind of already. It seems like it's already established. It's already tight and Mm. everything like that. And I could see that John would see Cortana as a younger Halsey, somebody that he remembers from his childhood. And Cortana would have this vague connection that she probably doesn't understand towards him. Yeah. Okay. I just it's it's really confusing because like. There, there's a moment in it where she asks, like, why are the Spartans or somebody asks, why are the Spartans so dangerous? And she's like, because we first taught them how to be silent. Then we taught them how to be Spartans. And I'm like, I have no fucking clue what that means. <laughs> but knowing like they get kidnapped and everything like that. Yeah. But so, 
if he's 117, like, do the rest of them die in battle? So, so some of them don't make it through, um, like, training courses. Some get hurt doing experiment. Because, I mean, like, like there's a whole sequence where they pile all the remaining kids onto a, onto a transport ship, give them all an individual piece of a map, and drop them off one at a time. And these kids, and I, th- I think they're, like, 12-ish at the time. Yeah. They have to figure out, first of all, we all have to meet. Then we have to put our map together, figure out where we need to go so we can get back to base. And I mean, like, there's they, they, they don't have any clothing or equipment or anything. They're just dropped off in their outfits. Um, Wherever. Survive. Yeah. So so through the natural progression of going through this, you know, training reg- regime, um, some of the kids fall off, get hurt, get killed doing that. But really, it's all that genetic modification. A lot of them don't make it out of that. Okay. Um, because it takes such a toll on the body. I know, I know that there's one character in specific who basically ends up get, being reduced into a wheelchair. Like, okay. totally paralyzed. But his brain still works. And, and because so, of the modifications to the cerebral cortex. Yeah. So they move that. He they, makes super smart. Yeah. They move that one over to, you know, intelligence. Yeah. Still being able to help, but whatever, you know. But yeah, like the whole thing, they're just, they're literally taught to be killers. Nothing else. No fun. Nothing else. Like they, they kind of interact and joke a little bit, but I mean, they are 100% business all the time. Yeah. Cause like when in, in the first three games, really, Master Chief is not like you don't see any kind of sense of humor out of him. You don't really see a whole lot of humanity in him. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to say it's like the fourth and fifth game where you do kind of start getting a little bit of this sense of humanity and, and like a personality a little bit starts to evolve out of him. Um, I was just wondering, because, like, again, yeah, Buck starts off as an ODST. Mm-hmm. Spartans are supposed to be these, like, elite warriors that, you know, went through all this training and everything like that. And then all of a sudden, the, the fifth game comes out, and here he is again. But this time, he's a Spartan. And I'm just kind of like, wait, what? Yeah. So, so Because he- that's when you find out there's a shit ton, right? Like, of Spartans. Of these, like, Gen 2 Spartans. I don't know what they call them. Um, I, it's... Like, are they still classified as Spartans? Uh, I don't think so. See, and like that's, but no. the, but you find out there's there's more. There's there's more. Master Chief is no longer just the only one left. He's not the last remaining Spartan. It's here's all these other ones, but they're not quite the same. Which is why Master Chief still poses like a huge threat because he still is. First gens tend to be the the most dangerous because they went to the most extremes to create them. Have you ever noticed that kind of thing in sci sci fi novels, right? Like you're the, you're you're the first of your kind, and then like every other subsequent one that they create after is just never as good. <laughs> um, but sorry, we, we digress. I was I was just getting a little confused there because one of the big reasons why i was super excited about the fifth game Mm. was because nathan fillion was in there and i was like oh my god he's in here and then like you're like yeah dude he's he's been in other halo games i was like no he hasn't never but yeah so there we go so yeah you've got these what five six because there's a rookie you play the rookie yes you are the rookie okay and so you've got six guys. 
uh, on a on a ship traveling to nowhere. Well, so they are. So this t- again takes place during Halo Two mm-hmm. when the Covenant invade Earth. They attack New Mombasa. Okay, and the, the ODS team, this team, it gets dropped in. Well, when they drop in, <laughs> surprise, surprise, because it's a battlefield, right? Yeah. <clears throat> um, they are they're starting to come down, but Dare, who is she, is like the intelligence officer, is how I thought of her. Basically, yeah. um, she actually ends up changing the trajectory of where they were going. Like so, they're you know they're because they're in the ship and yeah, they because yeah, yeah. orbital drop shop tr- sh- the orbital drop shock troopers they get into these like little pods that get launched down and then you come out of it yeah yeah well as you're, you're supposed to be launched to the surface from outer space as an individual yeah that's the odsc mm-hmm. so as they're coming down she changes the trajectory um because she actually has a classified mission that she hasn't told them about they think that they're just going in to help defend this but She's like, no, just kidding. We got something else to do. Hush, hush, quiet, quiet. Okay. And so she changes it. Um, so if you remember from Halo 2, right? That Covenant ship that comes in and then jumps out. Yeah. And every and all the you know Master Chief goes with them. And all stuff. of them go with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they like they they see that. So it literally is like, hey, halfway through the game, mm-hmm. here come these guys with their story. Yeah. Okay. Um, now that sends out a shockwave that knocks the pods around specifically the rookies pod uh, collides with mickey's okay and they end up they end up crashing and the rookie is knocked out for six hours then the game takes place where you wake up and you have to go out into the world and you have to find clues about what happened to everybody else so wait your team just left you there well they know they lost you Oh. everybody got oh, scattered oh, okay, okay. because of the shockwave. Oh. It's just that your pod as the rookie, you crash into somebody else's. And you're and just waking up six hours after yeah, everybody else. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and this is another thing that they did in this game that I really like. Um, I remember joking about it at the time. I called it, they did a Quentin Tarantino effect. There, there are just areas in the map. Yeah. Right. It's pretty much like an open world. Okay. That's new for Halo. Yeah. And there are certain points that you have to go to, and you can go to them in any order that you want to. And when you go there, you get like a flashback about what happened at different points in that last six hours. Okay. So, for example, right? Buck has a rough landing and fights through some Covenant, and then he finds Dare. Okay. okay. Um, and he finds her pod, but she's she's gone. She, no trace, no idea where she went, right? Only leaving behind her helmet, which is what you, the rookie, find. So you, as the rookie, you walk up to her pod, find her helmet, and then you flash back to this point. Okay. <clears throat> Buck ends up finding Romeo, and um, the two of them are like, okay, we're going to get everybody, and we're going to get out of the city, right? Yeah. Um, Dutch ends up dropping um, near a nature preserve and ends up helping some normal Marines doing some stuff there. Mickey commandeers a tank and just like fights his way all along this like 
you know, boulevard basically down Main Street of New Mombasa, basically. Okay. Um, and then he ends up meeting, the, he ends up bumping into Dutch. Okay. And the two of them um, are defending an Oni base. And Oni is the office of something. Neurointelligence. Something intelligence. I don't remember what the N stands for. Neurotic. Yeah, right. Um, oh, Navy. Uh, office of Navy Intelligence. Durr. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, they end up defending this Oni base from the Covenant. Um, but, un- un- unfortunately, they end up getting overrun and they destroy the facility to prevent it from being captured. Okay. So, um, the Covenant's, like, running rampant oh, yeah. around here yeah. during this whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Coven- yeah. And so, you're fighting them mm-hmm. while you're going around finding out what through these flashbacks what happened to the rest of your team yeah you're either playing the rookie walking through the city fighting covenant by yourself finding things to go to that you flash back in these memories or you're playing these characters doing stuff that happened in the six hours oh so you don't just play the rookie no you play as everybody well okay okay yeah so like almost everybody i don't think you ever take control of dare oh okay yeah but i'm pretty sure you play as um buck romeo dutch and mickey and you may not and you may never play as romeo okay i don't remember exactly who um, all you play as. Who, who all you play as but generally like you know i was about to make a comment have you ever noticed in these games like with with squad based games you're always the rookie yeah <laughs> and then you have to go through like these incredible feats and everything like that by yourself to save the rest of your team and i'm like why do you never play as the commander? Yeah. <laughs> like, wouldn't he have the most experience, the the, the better opportunity for luck and, and knowledge on how to survive and all? Not the rookie. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it's always weird. But the rookie is a more um, connectable character for us because we don't know everything that's going on. We I are- do know everything <laughs> that's going on. This is where you are wrong, no, sir. I do not. I do not. I barely know what the hell's going on right now. No, um, I'm totally joking. So, so I'm Mickey, <laughs> Mickey, <Save me>. Mickey. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so yeah. So Mickey and Dutch, um, they get evacuated by a dropship. Uh huh. They end up making contact with uh, with Buck. Buck, Buck, Buckaroo. Yep. Um, they they're going to like a rendezvous point. But they end up getting shot down. Okay. And so Buck and Ro- right. So now they so they make con- they make contact with Buck, and they're like, "We're going to rendezvous with this police station." Okay. So now we have Buck, Romeo, Dutch, and Mickey all together in a police station. Mm-hmm. Is that what I'm gathering? Well, on the way there, yeah. On the way to oh, the police okay. station, they're shot down. Buck and Romeo run up, rescue Dutch and Mickey, but Romeo gets wounded. They end up hijacking a Covenant dropship. Um, but instead of leaving, they're like, we have to rescue Dare because she's like, she's an important liaison and we shouldn't leave her here. We don't know where she is or what she's doing, but they're like, clearly she is doing like, she's on a mission and hasn't told us like she's doing something and we don't know what it is because like her behavior is too erratic. What about the rookie? Yeah. Nobody cares about the rookie. Fuck the rookie. (laughs) We're going to go back for Dare. The rookie's dead okay right um so that all like that's all them now now you go back into the rookie and he's back in the city or she depending on your you know your preferred gender 
Yeah. Um, and you you end up being assisted by Virgil, which is the city's maintenance superintendent AI. Okay. And now back to kind of what we were talking about a little bit earlier, you know, that difference of AIs, there's smart AIs and dumb AIs. Yeah. Dumb ones only operate within their parameters. So this one is like... A dumb one? Yeah, probably just all I do is maintenance around the city, but I'm smart enough that I can help this lost ODST to get around. Not someone like Cortana, who is like, hey, I can hack into alien technology because I'm See, a, I, I, a motherfucking T-Rex. Yeah, motherfucking T-Rex. <laughs> um... See, and I guess that's the way I'm looking at it. Uh, like, dumb AIs are not necessarily self-aware and can educate further than what their current level of intelligence is. Where Cortana is self-aware and she can modify her intelligence. She can continue to grow mm-hmm. in intelligence. I guess that's the two big differences. Pretty much. between Okay. I think dumb AIs are still self-aware, but, you know... Imagine your coffee pot, right? Your coffee pot only does one thing. It only makes coffee, but you could have a conversation with it, but it will never do anything more than just brew your coffee. That's a dumb AI. A smart AI would be like, I know exactly how you like your coffee and I can rig an intricate set of systems to make sure your coffee is exactly how you like it. While at the same time, I'm monitoring, you know, all of your financial data and your investment information. And don't forget you have an appointment like that. AI can do so much more than its boundaries. Yeah. But that's what I mean by self-aware self-aware AIs are uh, able to look at themselves, realize what they're doing is wrong, modify that behavior and basically break those boundaries where dumb AIs who aren't self-aware, you can't break your boundaries. You can't modify your behavior. I get what you're saying. I just, to me, the term self-aware, like, like a plant is not self-aware, but a dog is like a dog knows that it's a living, breathing creature. Correct. It it knows how to interact with the world. A plant is a living creature, but to me, it doesn't have any sort of self-awareness. Like, exactly. Like, no, I'm using the term exactly how I mean it. Okay. Because imagine a dumb AI as a plant. It just does the same thing every day. Exactly like you said, a coffee pot. It's just brewing the coffee. Mm -hmm. For it to be self-aware, it would realize this is not how you like your coffee. So in order to please you, I'm going to modify the way I make the coffee and break the confines of what I'm programmed to do to make you happier. Where a dog or that advanced coffee pot, hey... My owner doesn't like it when I piss on his shoes. (laughs) I'm going to stop pissing on his shoes and that makes him happy. He's self-aware enough to not do it. Like, just because you have intelligence doesn't mean you're (laughs) self-aware. The ability to speak does not make you intelligent. Basically. Like, you get what I'm saying now? Yeah, I get what you're saying. I personally wouldn't use that terminology just because of how how my my interpretation of the... Self-awareness. Self-aware is. Like... You know, an alarm to me, my alarm clock is not self-aware. It's not, but it only does one thing, right? It doesn't. It does multiple things. If my alarm, if my alarm could, it can play the radio. If my alarm was like, <laughs> "Hey, I am an alarm. What time do you want me to set myself for?" That to me is like, well, it's aware. It's self-aware. It knows what it is and what its function is, but it can never do anything else. It can only say what time it should go off. That's I think is the only difference. But I digress. 
I so get it. I, we could get into a, a, a very yeah, good I, debate about it. I'm not. I, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that's not how my I definition. Would it. My definition looks yeah, is a little bit no, different. Nothing than, wrong with that. Yeah. No. There's plenty wrong with that. You're wrong, and I'm right, <laughs> and that's why I'm an ODST, and you're just a normal maintenance system. Yes. What? Yes. Um, so he's yeah. like, fuck the rookie. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So speaking of the rookie, right? So he meets this. He meets Virgil, the maintenance AI. Okay. Um, and then receives a distress call from from Dare, and realizes she's um in some tunnels that are underground without her helmet. That could be dangerous. That could be very dangerous. That could be very dangerous. Never go spelunking without your helmet. Absolutely. <laughs> damn um and she's supposed to be the intelligence officer yeah right um <laughs> so he finds her and then the two of them they end up going to the superintendent's data core um because oh that's not good well it possesses information um on whatever on something that the covenant is looking for that i guess is underneath the city right um, okay inside it or yeah inside the core they discover a new enemy type and not really an enemy type, but a new alien creature called an engineer. And it's combined the superintendent into itself. So That's making the superintendent super, super. <laughs> super intelligent. <laughs> it's a super intelligent superintendent. Um, and basically what these these engineers are is they're like biological computers. Um and this is also where you find a little bit more of the hierarchy of the covenant. Like you learn that the grunts are their own alien race. Oh, are they? Yeah. Like the grunts and the elites are like not from the same planet. The oh, okay. Grunts are one alien species. Again, elite. the covenant is a religion, not a race. Yes. It brings in it, and back to the Borg uh, metaphor. It just, it goes to a planet and says, Hey, you're going to be part of us now or we're going to kill you. Yeah. And so these, you know, these biological supercomputers um, have been enslaved by the Covenant. And the one that Dare found actually wants to defect um, to the humans. Well, um, it seems like it already has. Is it, it? So it's not running the city. It's hiding in the superintendent's, like, bowels? It, so, like, so, like, it got so... So it went down into the, the superintendent's core okay. and was absorbing the data dare showed up and it was like you humans good covenant bad covenant enslave my people you guys not um so that's why it wants to defect okay <laughs> um what don't stare at me like that no i'm confused what were you doing with your mouth i had something stuck in my tooth oh okay and i was getting it out of my tooth <laughs> um so with the the engineer's information um and the cov uh, on the covenant combined with the superintendent's data um dare's mission if you will mm -hmm. right because you're guessing at this point this is what her super secret mission was was to locate one of these engineers and try to capture it probably got lucky that um it was you know so docile friendly because because in the game you actually can bump into these things out on the street sometimes and they don't attack you if i remember correctly they do provide shields to enemies um but like they'll never attack you they're 
totally harmless. These engineers? Yeah. Oh, okay. They're like floating, um, like floating worms almost. Okay. So like they have a base and they've got like a like a little wormy head uh-huh. and then like a couple of little tentacles sticking out. They're, they're actually really cute, I think. All tentacles lead to... Yeah, all tentacles lead to giant squids. Leads to giant That squids. would freak me out if I walked up to an engineer <laughs> and a giant squid came out. That would, yeah. Fuck that. Um, so yeah, so Dara's like, okay, everybody, let's go ahead and get this thing and we're going to evac it and get it to safety. So um, they all reunite with Buck, fight their way out of the city. Um, and then they end up watching as the Covenant des- uh, ships destroy New Mombasa. Ugh, bad. And excavate a massive alien artifact. Which is what the dun, dun, Covenant dun. were looking for. Yes. So, so it, it wasn't this engineer. Uh, it was the artifact. Uh, so in the epilogue, one month after the events of the campaign, the ODST squad has been keeping guard over the engineer, like you do. Okay. Sergeant Johnson, who we all know and love yeah um arrives informing the engineer uh that he's like he he's like i'm gonna ask you everything you know about the covenant and what exactly are they looking for so because (laughs) the engineer hates the covenant as much as everybody else in the galaxy the engineer (laughs) lights johnson's cigar (laughs) as a sign of agreement and then of course uh if you complete it on legendary difficulty because you'll, you'll get a special yeah. scene this one showing uh prophet of truth who's still alive who's still alive at this point yeah overseeing the evacuation of the forerunner artifact that was buried beneath the superintendent's data so core. it does kind of explain a little bit of three because in three you are they're trying to activate the forerunner artifact mm-hmm. which they don't explain where it got this kind of explains where it's got yeah there you go yeah see it all ties together yeah, yeah how about that yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. um fucking truth and yeah that's it for the game i freaking loved this any multiplayer function um there is really yes that's kind of crazy yeah um i think this is when they introduce firefight which is basically like a horde mode oh okay i like horde modes yeah horde modes are fun uh <clears throat> um but you're a horde mode yeah not really um but you know i mean again i didn't play a lot of the multiplayer on this one <gasps> excuse me you're excused make sure you cut that out no bodily noises is this one that i make it um so yeah it is yeah i mean reception was was pretty good and i mean you know 83 out of 100 for metacritic uh a minus from one up uh edge nine out of ten game informer 9.25 out of ten um euro gamer eight out of ten yeah (laughs) was that uh, IGN Australia gave it an eight out of 10 and those are the lowest scores. Um, yeah, well, yeah. games radar gave it a three and a half stars. So they, Again, it was made by Bungie. And I think that's the big difference here. Bungie was the original creators of the halo ver- universe. They never should have been taken away from them and they should have been doing it the entire time. Mm-hmm. And then we would have ended up with a better ga- storyline for the second game. But I digress. <laughs> um, no, it sounds it sounds cool. It, it sounds fun. I'm guessing you're not as super, you're not as quick, you're you're not as fast, but it's definitely a story filler. Yeah, it is. It is really good because 
and and again, this is I think why some people didn't like it. It puts you back in the role of an everyday person. You know, it doesn't give you the Spartan superpowers. And, you know, with the change of tone, because, right, you're all alone for, you know, as the rookie, you're all alone for a good portion of it. You're fighting by yourself. Well, yeah, they literally went, we're going to go back for her, but fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> I, to be fair, they do throw out some comments that are like, does anybody know where the rookie is? Uh, are you out there? We're, you know, we're still here, but yeah. I we're going to leave your ass. Yeah. Um, we're gonna leave your ass for dead. So I really liked it. I had a lot of fun playing it. Um, you know, no, it, it seems vital to the understanding of the story of the the later games and everything like that. As I said, like they excavate the massive alien artifact, mm-hmm. right? Which is the forerunner artifact, right? That you you hear about in the third game. Yeah, the prophet of truth is all up on these nuts. Um, so like it does. It, it gives some of that fill. Which, again, I'd much rather have this, like that stupid little comic book mm-hmm. from, you know, what you were supposed to read to do what Master Chief was doing in between them, Up- right? Uplift or whatever it was called? Yeah, Uprise or whatever. Oh, Uprise. Um, they could have done something like this. Let me play as Master Chief in another little spinoff game where it, it's, just, it's just a filler thing of, you know, Master Chief, Unto Fire. I don't know. They like unto shit. <laughs> so, but yeah, that that sounds good. I, I really don't have anything. I sounds like a great game. Um, kind of wish that it came out in the Master Chief Collection, which it didn't. They only have the major four. Uh, it's there. It's in the Master Chief Collection. Yeah, pretty sure. I'm gonna have to double check, but I don't think it is, bro. I don't think it is Master Chief because collection. nobody gives a shit. What games included in the Master Chief Collection? Processing. Stand by. Please stand by. But, um, um what? Okay. <clears throat> yep. Okay. Well, then I will play it. Maybe. Yeah. Possibly. I I, oh. I recommend it. This is this is probably my second favorite Halo game. Second favorite Halo game. Yeah. And the only reason... It's because of Mickey. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's because of Mickey. The only reason it's not number one is because there's another game later in the series that every moment I was riveted by. Yeah? Yeah. Was it four? No. It definitely wasn't five. No. Was it Reach? Yes. Really? Yeah. You're lame. Oh, man. So I can't wait to talk about Reach. You can't wait to talk about every game. That's not true. I was not excited uh, to talk about Scott Pilgrim. How dare you, sir? <laughs> I was excited to hear you talk about it. How dare you? Because I was excited for you. But, yeah, I was like, meh. All right. Well, with that, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, check us out on Facebook, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget, hit us up on Podbean. We're active. We'll reply to your comments if you guys want to say anything. Get involved. We want you guys to be involved. That was part of, part of what we wanted. Um, but talking to rando strangers yeah and these these are the we're the okay strangers that you can talk to on the internet no stranger danger stranger danger um give us a rate somewhere tell your friends tell your mom tell your mom's friends whatever it is we'd appreciate getting the word out guys so thank you so much for tuning in i'm chris i'm caleb and until next time game Game on. on Thanks for listening to Game On, presented by No Tokens Required. 
The opinions expressed in this discussion are those of the hosts and may not reflect the opinion of No Tokens Required. No Tokens Required is not affiliated with the electronic entertainment discussed in this podcast. The properties mentioned in this podcast are the intellectual properties of their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. Game On is an exclusive podcast of No Tokens Required for your games on No part of this podcast may be used in any way without written authorization from No Tokens Required. 